What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage Eight Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike. Today, we're going to be going over the recent coaching hires and uh, offensive coordinator hires from the past week. And we're going to recap the two championship games, both Chiefs, Ravens, and then Lions, Niners. Sorry, Josh. And then we're going to go over our predictions for the NFL Honors Awards. Before we get into it, uh, just want to ask you guys to like and subscribe. We also have our uh, Twitter or X Spotify and TikTok in the description down below. If you like different forms of content or just want updates on when we're going to be uploading and all that, uh, our just our socials will also be down there as well. So just like, follow, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And Mike, you want to get us going with some headlines? Yeah, uh, first big headline: uh, Seattle Seahawks have found their next head coach, Mike McDonald. Uh, he will now be the youngest head coach in the NFL. He had led the Ravens to one of the best defenses in the NFL last season. I think this is a solid hire for them. I wouldn't say it's a great hire. Uh, they don't really know what they're going to be at quarterback. Their offense has a lot of weapons that can be utilized, but it uh, looks like they could be moving on to a young QB. And I'm not a fan of having a young QB and a defensive coach, but we've seen it work out in Houston. Uh, this will easily help their defense. Um, the Ravens, fewest points per game, had the most sacks and were tied for first in turnovers last year. They had the best defense in the NFL throughout the regular season. Um, and he has a chance to really turn around the Seattle defense. Yeah, I like the hire for them. Uh, McDonald was obviously very uh, successful for the Ravens this season. Uh, I think he can do good things over there in Seattle. They have a lot of question marks on both ends, uh, just as a team personnel-wise. Uh, but I think getting a fresh start, getting away from Carroll was a good idea for them, and McDonald looks like he can be one of the better young coaches in the league, and McVay is no longer the youngest head coach in the NFL anymore. Yeah, like what you said, Mike, uh, he led a really solid defense in Baltimore. Unfortunately, they just couldn't get past Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I do think he's got a solid chance to lead this really uh, uh, a younger group of uh, offensive personnel. They do have to figure out their financials a little bit, as I think they are a little bit in the red or they're barely uh, under the cap. But regardless, I think it's a good move and they can definitely build positively from this. Uh, yes, next head coaching hire. Uh, the final head coaching position in Washington, Dan Quinn, is now the head coach of the Washington Commanders. Uh, this move just doesn't make too much sense to me at all. It kind of seems like the Commanders waited for Ben Johnson, and it ended up he didn't want to go there. I wanted to stay in Detroit, and um, now they had to settle for Dan Quinn. Uh, I think he's a great defensive coach, but we've seen him as an NFL coach really kind of rely on some of his coordinators, Kyle Shanahan specifically. Uh their defense really doesn't have much to work with. We saw them trade away half their D-line at the deadline and had one of the worst units in the entire NFL, if not the worst unit. And offensively, um, you got some good receivers, some good running backs, but your offensive line is terrible. Uh, you might be going to a young quarterback here in the offseason. So uh, I think it's really going to depend on who he's able to hire as his coordinators. But just uh, seems like they had to settle for Dan Quinn. Yeah, they definitely settled. Um they definitely wanted Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson decided he didn't want to go be a head coach somewhere this season, uh, and they decided they had to go with uh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, although he does ha has had to rely on his coordinators in the past, he did get to a Super Bowl. He was up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl uh, not too long ago. So maybe he can get this team there. As far as personnel-wise, they're in a really, really rough spot, but they have a new GM, new owner. Uh, it's overall a good job in that stance. Uh, Team-wise, it's not. Uh, one of the better jobs overall. But going from Ron Rivera to Dan Quinn seems like a lateral to a slight upgrade for me. 
Uh, I don't know how I feel about this move, if I'm being honest. I do think, like you mentioned, Mike, they waited a little too long. They put all their eggs in the Ben Johnson basket. It didn't work out for them, but props to the Lions for retaining Ben Johnson. I'm sure we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But Dan Quinn, like you guys mentioned, we've seen him as a head coach. He's not an over-the-top, just clear-cut upgrade over Rivera. But I don't think it's a downgrade either. Uh, it all depends on what they do at coordinator. If they keep the enemy at OC, which I think they should, he's got another year with Howell, or he's got a rookie uh, Drake May coming in, or based on that Colin Cowherd report with Caleb Williams, maybe not wanting to go to Chicago. I don't know. I don't trust Colin Cowherd as much as I could throw him. So we'll see after the draft, but I think they've got a solid, a couple solid foundational pieces in place. And I think they can definitely go somewhere with it. Yeah, I was very interested to see uh, no Mike Vrabel there at all linked. So that kind of surprised me. Uh, ben Johnson, like he has said, turned on the job. We just got news now. Uh, I'll talk about some coordinators talk. Cliff Kingsbury is now the Raiders offensive coordinator. I think this is a pretty good move for them. Uh, he can help move this offense. It'll be interesting to see if they go to a young QB, maybe a veteran QB like Russell Wilson, or if they just decide to stick with Aiden O'Connell. Some other offensive coordinating um, moves the Steelers they uh, decided to go with Arthur Smith. We saw him coach the Falcons last year, obviously. Uh, interesting move. Eagles go with Kellen Moore. This could be a very good move. We saw him in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, we talked about Shane Waldron with the Bears. Joe Brady with the Bills. Falcons, Zach Robinson. He was, I think, the Rams pass game coordinator. Seems like a phenomenal hire for them. And Raheem Morris. Ken Dorsey with the Browns. Uh, he was the Bills offensive coordinator for the first half of the season and the past couple seasons. And then the Panthers finished with Brad Idzik and the Bengals with Dan Pitcher. Yeah, uh, a lot of good OCs there. I like Kellen Moore to the Eagles. I think it's a good one. I think Cliff Kingsbury to the Raiders will be interesting. Uh, as far as Ben Johnson, I'm obviously ecstatic that he's going to be back with the Lions this uh, next season. Second year in a row, he's had head coaching offers that he's turned down to return to Detroit. Um, I think the biggest thing for him is, uh, as far as Washington versus the Lions, a lot of his schemes and a lot of his success has been utilizing how good of an O-line the Lions have, moving them around, a lot of different guys pulling and whatnot. And you're not going to be able to do that with Washington. They have the worst O-line in the league. You're going from the best O-line to the worst O-line. Do I think he would still be very successful in Washington? Yes. But the resources just aren't there for him. And he has a chance to go prove something next year in Detroit uh, with a team that was right on the brink of making the Super Bowl this season and has every bit of a chance to do it again next year. Yeah, to carry on your point about Ben Johnson, it's just situational-wise, the Lions is head and shoulders above uh, Washington. Like you mentioned, the O-line is just miles better. The receiving group, I think it's right around the same. Uh, Amon Ra proved to be arguably a top five, maybe top three receiver this year in terms of just uh, value to the offense. They had a great running game. They had, a, like I said, great O-line. And even Jamison Williams towards the end of the year was really coming into his own. Uh, I think with more touches, he should really, really start to blossom in year three. But... Ben Johnson, I think you made the right choice. I really appreciate the loyalty, but as a Bears fan, it's a little unfortunate to have to see him another two more times next year. Uh, he did give us fits at times, but I I can't complain as maybe Jared Goff will get a slight overpay if he overperforms. So I guess we'll see. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, Mike, the Cliff Kingsbury hire, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting depending on what direction they go at QB with it, with it being Russell Wilson or uh, AOC or even a rookie if they decide to trade up in the first round or just take a swing at someone at, I think, pick seven if they're at. No, they're not at seven. They're, I don't remember where they're at. But if they decide to take a swing at QB in the first round or even the second round, uh, that might uh, sway them one way or another. 
Kingsbury's been around guys like Kyler Mahomes and even a young guy like Caleb Williams. He's been around talent. He knows what it looks like. So maybe he'll have a little bit of a say in what he wants to see at the quarterback spot. So that'll be interesting for me to see. Yes. And now uh, the last couple of coordinators hired defensive coordinator wise Eagles, Vic Fangio. We uh, obviously one of the more popular defensive minds in the NFL. We saw him with the dolphins last year, uh, Ryan Nielsen, uh, to the Jaguars. He was the Falcons defensive coordinator last year, led a very good Falcons defense. Jim Harbaugh goes with Jesse Minter, his defensive coordinator at Michigan. Patriots to Marcus Covington and the Falcons, uh, Jimmy Lake. Raheem Morris continues to develop a pretty good staff around him. He was the Rams assistant coach last season. Um, all pretty good moves. Vic Fancho is obviously a big one. Uh, this could really help the Eagles defense. They had a massive upgrade at coordinators this year. We saw last year they decided to kind of go in-house at some positions, and it really hurt them. So they make some splashes at coordinator. Yep, I think Fangio is a good move for them. Uh, we've seen him at times uh, be very good on the defensive end, of course. Uh, he was great with his Dolphins defense this season. They had uh, struggles due to injury, but uh, they absolutely need to switch up, and I think Fangio is a good hire for them. Yeah, Fangio is obviously one of the great, greater defensive minds in recent memory for the entire league. Uh, I'm very interested to see how the Eagles switch their defensive scheme. Uh, they've got three really good interior defensive linemen with Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, and uh, Jordan Davis. So maybe they switch to a three, four and let Hassan Reddick come off the edge. Maybe they, maybe Fangio uh, switches his style and sticks with four, three, who knows, but they got to figure out that secondary. They got to figure out uh, their linebackers as they will probably lose Nicholas Morrow this off season as they won't want to pay him a slight pay upgrade with all the talent they're going to have on offense. So I'm definitely interested to see all that. But as a Bears fan, I mean, I was like seeing Fangio have a little bit of success. So, yeah, that's all I got for um, NFL headlines. All right. So we'll move on to our championship weekend recap. Uh, starting with Chiefs at Ravens. Uh, Kansas City wins this game. They're now going to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five seasons, which is just super impressive. Uh, Patrick Mahomes now has the same amount of playoff wins as Peyton Manning which is just an absurd stat. He's going to end up having the most playoff wins ever, most likely. Uh, it'll be him and Brady uh, at the end, which is just crazy in six seasons. I mean, as great and as historic as a, uh, as a career as guys like Peyton Manning and Elway have, for Mahomes to already be at that level as far as playoff wins is just absolutely absurd, and he has a chance to go get his third Super Bowl in six seasons, which 50% clip is just crazy. Um, the Ravens in this game, they just didn't run the ball enough. I don't really understand why they didn't. They needed to come in this game and just pound the rock on the Chiefs. They just couldn't. They were never down by too much where they couldn't. Um, so it was very confusing here. They tried to just keep passing against, and they've had a great passing offense all season, but keep trying to pass this much against one of the best pass defenses in the league just doesn't make that much sense to me at all. Uh, and they continued to do it all game, and it was not benefiting them. Uh, we saw the Lamar crazy deflect deflection catch, uh, Sports Center number one play. That was just an insane play. But um, Kelsey and Mahomes back in a full form. Kelsey had a crazy game, another hundred yard game. Uh, he hasn't had a crazy season overall, but this this game he was able to completely take over, do what he does in the playoffs with Mahomes, and they were just fantastic. Uh, Pacheco was not anything special, but he gets the job done. He's a hard runner. He gets those extra few yards when you need him to. He was able to ice the game late for him. And Pacheco's just, he's really been the rock they needed him to be on the inside uh, so far this season. Um, 
the old Pats teams uh, is what I really think of here, uh, especially later on. They would have like regular seasons where you're like, oh, this team isn't looking like what they've looked like in years past. I don't know if they're going to still do it. And then you blink and they're back in the Super Bowl. And that's what we got here with the Chiefs. Uh, you just got guys like Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid who are just going to get you back to the Super Bowl. And now they got a chance to go win their third one in six years. Yeah, I may be giving you a little too much credit here, Josh, but you did mention, I believe, a few weeks before the regular season ended that you were still going to trust Kansas City because Mahomes and Andy Reid, they always find a way to just take it up another notch in the playoffs. And that's what they've done, especially Travis Kelsey. He's been inconsistent really all regular season that he comes out in this uh, AFC championship game and drops 11 catches, 116 yards, finds the end zone. Mahomes started this game out, I believe, 10 for 10. And his first incompletion was just a drop by one of his receivers. So he was just absolutely on target uh, on Sunday. And it was really just special to, sh- special to see. Wow. Uh, it just shows that you need a damn near an extraordinary talent at quarterback to have sustained success in this league. It's hard to build up an entire roster, keep everybody because of the salary cap. Uh, constraints you get a few superstars on each side of the ball and it'll just work out for you the Chiefs they've done it with uh, Mahomes Kelsey and Chris Jones on the defensive side hopefully they keep Legereus Sneed but they've still got a big game ahead of them so they're probably not worried about that just yet Uh, I will say uh, in the pre in the preview I said if the Chiefs want to have success against Lamar they're gonna have to blitz them and from what I saw they did that a lot They got to Lamar really quick. They forced him to get rid of the ball quickly. And they probably could have had a couple more sacks than they actually had. But Lamar being Lamar just got out of a few of them. One of them being that uh, deflected pass that he ended up catching. And then another one was, I believe, just a touchdown pass he threw to Zay Flowers, which was phenomenal. Uh, On the Ravens side, it was just really unfortunate to see Zay Flowers go from such a high in that first quarter with that touchdown catch to such a low. uh, I believe it was a few drives later. No, not even a few drives later. I think it was in the second half. Caught that beautiful pass from Lamar and then got the taunting penalty. And then a couple of plays later, fumbled it into the end zone on like the half yard line, which lost them possession. Didn't lose them the game, but 100% turn momentum for, for the worst for them. Uh, I think the Ravens have a, have a very bright future at the receiving spot with Bateman and Zay Flowers and a pick in the late twenties where they can maybe get a guy like Keon Coleman in the draft who would be just a phenomenal X receiver for them. But Lamar, I mean, little spoiler here. He's going to win MVP this year. He's my pick for MVP. And I think uh, the Ravens are just in a great spot, but congrats to the chiefs. I'm moving on. And like you mentioned, Josh Pacheco, he's going to be a really key uh, factor for this Super Bowl. So we'll get into that next episode, but I'm just, I'm excited to see the chiefs in the Super Bowl again, which is really weird to say. Uh, I'm not excited at all for that. Uh, just really quick breaking news out of, I know we don't, we have yet to talk about it on the podcast at all or anything, but Corbin Burns, uh, Cy Young pitcher, one of the better pitchers in baseball was just traded to the Baltimore Orioles. So that's a really, big wow. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Wow. That's, uh, it's a good gift. Josh. That's beautiful. That mm-hmm. is beautiful. Yeah. So big move there. Uh, or- but Orioles to- have been aggressive in the past few years. I like it. That's good. They have been. Build around Adley. Shout out the small market teams, man. No Dylan C's for him, though. <laughs> um, so, care. but on to this game here Chiefs, Ravens, uh, Chiefs on their way to the second straight Super Bowl, back to back road games. That had been something that people thought maybe they couldn't do. They were able to do it here. Mahomes is now 14 and three in the playoffs. That's still not even halfway to Brady. So, um, 
they can calm down on that a little bit. But Kelsey and Mahomes were special in this game, especially in the first half. Again, Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. He's uh, becoming just a phenomenal playoff performer. He broke the playoff touchdown record held by Jerry Rice, which some had seen as unbreakable. Um, Mahomes really made the plays he needed to win this game, made them all in the first half. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, they had a big third down. And uh, we had seen early in the season, Marquez Valdez-Scantling have some drops. He throws a deep to him here, and it ended up working out. He gets the big catch to seal the game and basically win it for the Chiefs. Uh, 30 for 39 for Mahomes, 241 yards and a touchdown. But it was really their defense that won him this game. They were able to slow down Lamar Jackson. He really didn't look to run at all. And the Ravens really didn't look to run at all either, which was just shocking. Uh, Spags did a phenomenal job, again, containing Lamar Jackson, 20 for 37, 240 yards and a touchdown. Um, really, the turnovers killed him. We saw you guys talked about the Zay Flowers, the interception into triple coverage where Isaiah likely was calling for the ball was an interesting call. He's got to put the ball higher there, but really still not a great throw. Um, Ravens just fell apart there late in the game. Uh, Lamar's not two and four as a starter in the postseason. We saw him get one win this year, but Seems like the the playoff accusations of him being a playoff choker are going to continue at least for the next eleven months. Um, this game looked like it was going to be a classic early in the game. Lamar uh, had the throw where it got deflected and he caught it and ran for a couple yards. He had the touchdown pass to Zay Flowers, which was a sp spectacular job in the pocket. But in the end, they really just didn't have it. Um, just a shocking run by the Chiefs, who continue to win games. Uh, making a playoff run. I didn't think they'd be able to do it, but here they are back in their second straight Super Bowl. Uh, they did lose Charles Amenehu for the Super Bowl. He did end up tearing his ACL off of a, a juke from Lamar. So um, that could be a big loss for them. I expect them to, uh, their defense to still perform as it will. Uh, they win the Lamar Hunt trophy again. But one more thing, uh, anyone putting Mahomes even on the same level of Brady right now, this is still ridiculous. He's not even close to Brady. He's close to maybe, I wouldn't even say catching Joe Montana, but comparing him to Brady is just, it's ridiculous this early. Yeah, it's tough, but if he does win this year, 50% clip in six years is. I mean, that's six years though. That's have, that's three Super Bowls. Having three Super Bowl rings, probably three Super Bowl MVPs, two MVPs before you turn 30 years old. That doesn't just... put you on the same page. That no, doesn't no, 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 put you no, 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 at Tom Brady. Not in, not in Brady. Nowhere near Brady. He's not even halfway there yet. But it's just still absolutely insane. That is a first ballot Hall of Fame career in six seasons. Yeah. That I is insane. And it puts him one away from Montana in, in six seasons. So I, I think if he does He's still got to win more, though. I, I think if he does that this year, I'd be willing to put him over Montana all the time. He's he's gonna lose Kelsey here within a couple years, maybe not next year. But... The true test but is gonna also is, free up cap. The true test is gonna be when the roster rebuilds because Brady went right, through like exactly. three rebuilds. If he but can I mean, do hey, it again when the roster rebuilds, then it's okay. He's he's in the true hunt. To... All the big media heads after the Tyreek trade, they were all saying, "Oh yeah, they're in a they're not in a rebuild, but they're in a deep retool." Because how do you lose a weapon like Tyreek Hill and then go out and win a Super Bowl or even contend for one? And then they won one. Yeah. So, obviously, he still had Kelsey, the O-line. They found a diamond in the rough with Creed Humphrey. I mean, they've got a lot of guys in front that are really helping him out. But 
they know how to build a roster. And if Mahomes is the quarterback, it's going to be hard to bet against them, regardless of who he's throwing to. Rasheed Rice has been phenomenal, and he's only going to get better with time with Mahomes and just within the Andy Reid system. So I personally think they're not going to get, like, they're never going to be out of anything. They're going to be like the Brady Patriots, where they're always in contention for something. They're going to dominate the AFC West for like the next 10 years because that's what Mahomes has done so far. That's what Andy Reid has done so far. They're going to continue to do it. I don't see how that changes. If they keep their running backs fresh with having Edwards Hilaire, Pacheco, maybe even finding a third one in the late rounds who just is able to carry the load come playoffs if they get hot like Pacheco or Clyde Edwards Hilaire's Clyde Edwards Hilaire can do, it'll just work wonders for Mahomes and keeping the mileage down, just not forcing him to throw 45 times every single game. It's just, they know how to build a team over there and I'm very jealous of it. Yeah. Trey Smith's been phenomenal at guard. Um, Their tackles have been great this season, considering they're allowed to hold on almost every play. So (laughs) when they have the rest on their side, like they will continue, it'll be, it'll be hard to beat them. Definitely. I mean, Pat's dead as well. The great, the great teams. I know. Um, but maybe they'll on. deflate footballs too though when, when Mahomes starts <laughs> deflating footballs we'll really know yeah that's when the legacy will officially be moving on to him but um moving on here to <laughs> Lions and, for this one. Lions and 49ers <laughs> um this is easily one of uh if not the most heartbreaking losses for me in my sports watching career uh it's up there with the Suns blowing the 2-0 lead in the finals it's up there with Luke Bay, eight and one yeah, I'm getting there. It's up there with Luke May on Kentucky. <laughs> it's up there with shot clock violation with Kentucky, Wisconsin, 38 and one. Um it's it might be number one though. Uh Lions were just so so dominant in the first half of this game, up 24-7, playing well on offense, playing well on defense. Malcolm Rodriguez comes in the game when Derek Barnes gets hurt and he gets a pick. The Lions are getting stops on one of the best offenses in the league. They're scoring at will on one of the best defenses. And it looked great. It was at the point where they were just running it so well in the first half that it's like, how do we even lose this game up 24-7 going into halftime? The only way they lose this game is if they make multiple massive mistakes and a lot of things go the 49ers way. That's exactly what happened. Uh, Josh Reynolds dropped on fourth down on the first drive out of halftime. Uh, the Lions could kick the field goal there. I'll get to the fourth down decisions here in a bit. Reynolds drops an easy ball on fourth down. It was a good play call. I, I like the call. Ayuk, Vildor drops a pick, goes off his helmet. Ayuk catches it, gets it at the five-yard line. They score there. Unbelievable play. Then the next drive, Gibbs comes out on first down, fumbles. Niners go and score. Reynolds and Laporta on the next drive after that, both drops on four, on uh, second and third down, have to force a punt there. If any of those things don't happen, I think the Lions win this game. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Dan Campbell is going to get a lot of hate. Excuse me. Going to get a lot of hate for these fourth down decisions. But I do not agree with the hate that he's going to get. Um, For the three fourth downs, I'll go one by one. The first one that people are talking about at the end of the half, you have a chance to go up three scores at the end of the half. I completely agree with kicking it there. If you if you go, the main reason you go forward on fourth and goal is – if you don't get it, the other team's going to be pinned to the end. It was the end of the half. There was no advantage of that. You were either going to get points, you were going to get seven, you were going to get three, you were going to get zero. You eliminate your chances of getting zero if you kick it there. You go up three scores. I like going for three there, going up 17 and a half. I agree with that one. The second one, 
First drive out of the half of the Lions, 14-point game. You have the ball plus territory. You can kick it, go up three scores, or you can go for it, go for the touchdown, and essentially put the nail in the coffin for the Niners. Go up by 21 if you go score a touchdown. It was a, I like the call to go for it. I like the play call by Ben Johnson. Reynolds just drops the ball figuratively and literally, and the Lions turn it over on downs there. Now the third one towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter when you're down by three and a chance to kick it, I think you got to kick it there. I was screaming at my TV there. You have to kick this ball because you put yourself in a position. If you don't get it, the Niners just have to go score a touchdown and the game's over. Essentially Niners did go score a touchdown because you didn't get it on fourth down. Uh, the play call didn't work. No, one was open. Golf had to roll out through a bad ball and you turn it over. And that was basically the game right there. I know Badgley isn't the best kicker in the league, but down three, you just have to take the points and try to tie it up there. That way, even if the Niners do go score a touchdown on the next drive, you have a chance to go tie or win it at the end. But the worst call of this game here by Ben Johnson was running it on third and goal at the end. You have three timeouts. At that point, if you pass it twice, you get in the end zone or you kick the field goal, you have a chance to go get a stop and get the ball back. If you do, if you call it, run the ball and call a timeout, you give yourself two timeouts and you make it so you have to recover an onside kick, which unbelievably the Lions almost did recover that onside kick. It was very, very close. But regardless, if you just don't call a timeout there, you give yourself a chance, and the Lions got the stop they needed to get. All they had to do was if they had that third timeout, they would have been in an okay spot, and they could have gotten the ball back. Instead, you you call the timeout when you don't need to. On third and goal, you run it for no reason. If you're going to run it, at least run, hurry up, and go run another play, which I still don't agree with. But regardless, you use a timeout, you screw yourself. That was bad management by Campbell and Ben Johnson, and that – was a key reason why the Lions lost this game towards the end. But Ben Johnson, I'm happy that he's staying, like I said earlier, uh, for next season. I think he's going to be a big part of the turnaround. Um, he said he's got unfinished business. His heart's in Detroit. I'm happy that he's going to be here another year. But overall, this is it's just a devastating loss. There's no way around it. The Lions played better for most of this game. They should have won the game. And uh, in the recent times after this game, every time I close my eyes, I see 24-7. And I hope that goes away soon. I've got two main points that I've taken away from this game. One, I respect the hell out of Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, whoever's the head honcho calling the fourth down calls. I respect the hell out of whoever that is with sticking with the philosophy all the way through the year. However, like you mentioned, Josh, given the situation down three, I would have kicked. I think it would have been smart to kick, just get points and get momentum relatively out of the other team's hands, which leads me to my next point. George Kittle said it best. Momentum exists in this sport, and it is so apparent that you just cannot ignore it, especially after a game like this. For me, I knew this game was over after it was 24-24. to The Lions let them come back into the game, and they just they were not moving the ball on offense nearly enough, and when they got to those fourth downs, they just weren't making the right decisions in order to just get the momentum back. The Niners, they were damn near unstoppable on offense. CMC started breaking through a couple runs. He was getting to the second level a lot easier than he did in the first half. Uh, Brock Purdy just looked a lot better. And like you mentioned, Josh, Ayuk, he just made a couple hero plays. Juwan Jennings even had a few really nice catches as well. But it was just, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a lot of just momentum shift that really impacted this game. There were a couple miscues by Lions players like Reynolds or Gibbs with the fumble. But outside of that, it's just, this is a momentum-based game. Uh, kind of like how basketball is a game of runs. 
football, if you just if you go on a crazy run in the first half, you got to keep your foot on the gas in order to make sure the other team doesn't respond. Whatever uh, Shanahan and all the folks in the Niners locker room said at halftime, it worked. They came back out and they just went on a tear and I respect them for it. CMC is turning into one of my favorite non-Chicago Bears in the entire league. Uh, I think you can argue he's a top five running back in NFL history in terms of skill set. I've said that for a few weeks now. And yeah, I mean, Lions, they kind of choked this game, but the Niners, they they took every opportunity that they had and they went out and won it too. Yeah, 49ers escape um, in a very close game where I, they were outplayed for, especially in the first half. Uh, they avoid a third straight loss in the NFC Championship. We saw them two years ago blow the 10-point lead in the fourth quarter to the Rams. And last year with the Brock Purdy injury and Josh Johnson getting a concussion, it was just unfortunate for them. But this year they find a way to get it done in the way that many people thought they couldn't do, and that's come from behind. Uh, one of the big narratives around the Kyle Shannon 49ers is that they really could not come back from deficits, and especially big deficits. And here they've done that two weeks in a row, coming back against the Packers last week with a game-winning drive. And the 17-point comeback against the Lions here. Uh, Purdy, pay, Purdy played very good in the second half. Um, had some luck on his side with the IU catch. But overall, he played very well. Had some really good scrambles. 48 yards of rushing. Two 21-yard scrambles. 267 passing yards and a touchdown. Uh, found a way to get the offense going in the second half. Uh, they scored 17 points in an eight-minute span of the third quarter to tie the game. And after that, they were able to take the lead and really not look back. Um, and if you're a Detroit fan, you just have to, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. This is a lot of Detroit teams kind of have to experience this. Um, they played phenomenal in the first half, did almost everything right. That was possible. They were running the ball all over the 49ers. Um, they were stopping the 49ers up 24, seven at halftime. And then the second half, really nothing went right for them. Uh, Josh Reynolds had the drops, Dan Campbell, he, respect respect to him he played the game like he had all season and that's what they should be doing be aggressive on fourth down uh it just didn't work for him this time around unfortunately um but you have to respect them going for it i don't blame him at all for this loss it was just like you said zach uh they lost the momentum and really were never able to regain it back um the time management late in the game is really what ultimately did kill them uh fursker who uh i don't even really know who he is i think that was his first catch all season yep um gets the catch i don't know how he didn't run into the end zone right away i don't, I don't know, know what, what i don't know what change, the fuck that was i don't know what that was like his change of direction is like a madden 60 overall or something Dude. i don't know agility <laughs> he looked like an offensive lineman out there after he caught it and just stepped out of bounds scared look just scared um, yeah it was not ready for the moment maybe that's part of sam i don't think sam laporta was on the field for that play him not being completely healthy uh but should have had a touchdown on that play instead you have to run four plays to get in the end zone and the, the running the ball on third down was just a, you can't do that terrible call uh, was just really uh, kind of inexcusable, really lost in this game and forced them to get the onside kick, which they almost did. But unfortunately they did not. Uh, Jameer Gibbs fumble was uh, that really put the Niners in the front seat, tied the game up after that. Uh, and the Lions remain the only team in the entire Super Bowl era to play in every single Super Bowl and not ever make it. So, unfortunate for the Lions. Um, you were right there. You didn't get it. Uh, 49ers find a way to win, trying to deliver its uh, record-tying six Super Bowl title to the franchise. 
first since 1994. Um, this game was just a definition of how important momentum is. Yeah, uh, it's heartbreaking, but hopefully it's the, the start of the championship DVD. A lot of cap space for the Lions here. A lot of cap space. I believe like yeah, fifth, they, fifth they most in the league. Some... And you don't have many people to resign. So I know Dan Campbell said that uh, it'll be twice as hard next season, but they make some good moves in the offseason, improve the defense, uh, keep their line intact. Maybe, maybe twi- get one maybe more twice as receiver. Easy. Maybe it's <laughs> twice as easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, draft a guard, draft a corner, maybe sign one of the two top corners, uh, Snead or Johnson. No, Johnson's but, not making it. He's getting tagged. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens there. But um, I'm done talking about this game. I'm done thinking about it. Um, <laughs> we can move on to the awards here. But first, we will do some studs and duds for this championship weekend. Uh, for my stud, I got Travis Kelsey. Uh, like I said, he made his full comeback this week. 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Him and Mahomes were the biggest reason why they got the dub this weekend outside of their defense. And they're back in full form, ready to go get another Super Bowl here. Um, for my dud, I have Todd Munkin. Um, 37 pass attempts to 16 rush attempts is just not a recipe for success against this Chiefs defense. Uh, like I said, they're such a good pass defense, and the Ravens have such a good running offense that it didn't make sense why they were forcing themselves to pass it this whole game when they were never down by enough where they had to pass it a ton. Uh, so I never understood that the entire game. So I got Kelsey as my stud and Todd Munkin as my dud. Uh, I'm going to start off with my stud. Uh, Justin Reed is actually my stud. Uh, He finished with four total tackles, but he had one quarterback hit, a tackle for loss, a sack. He played really well in coverage if you were watching the game. He just was playing really well in the run game as well. He really filled a lot of gaps when he was blitzing from the secondary. I just thought he was a really, really good player. Really good player who flew a little under the radar in terms of on the stat sheet, but he was still very important to shutting down Lamar. And I was really impressed by that. Uh, my dud of the week is just Dan Campbell on fourth down in that specific game. Um, I know it's kind of going against my previous statement of me respecting him, but at the same time, you just got to have a little bit of common sense and just, y- you have to kick in that spot. And I just don't, I don't agree with the call at all, but yeah, so my stud is Justin Reed. My dud is Dan Campbell on that specific uh, situational fourth down. Uh, for my start of the week, I got Brock Purdy as my stud. Um, he's continuing to be called a game manager, 10th uh, best player on his team, whatever. But he had a great game, and especially in the second half, 267 passing yards. He had a touchdown. He had two 21-yard scrambles. Um, you might have got some lucky with the IU catch, but he still was able to lead his team to a comeback and a win. For my dot of the week, I have just one specific play, which was the Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, whoever called the run play on the third down. Uh, just not a good call. Made you waste your time out. You had zero chance of getting the ball back if you didn't recover the onside kick. So just a bad call. And so, yeah. All right. Then moving on to the awards here. Uh, our prediction, we're going to go give our prediction for who we think is going to win it and who we think should win it. Uh or who we want to win, regardless. Um, for a lot of these, I'm sure it'll be the same, but um, we will start here with MVP, most valuable player. Uh, mine is the same for this one. I think it is going to be Lamar Jackson. Uh, the nominees are Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. Uh, I think overall, towards the end of the season, we saw Lamar go beat Brock Purdy in San Francisco, and Dak had a tough end of the season. 
we saw Lamar really pull away. I think he deserves it. I think he's going to win his second MVP trophy. Uh, same thing for me. I got Lamar winning it, and I think he deserves it as well. He was just dominant as a passer and as a runner, as he usually is almost every year. Uh, I'm just beyond impressed with what he's been able to do, and he finally had a really solid supporting cast, and Mark Andrews got hurt in the back part of the year as well, so he was able to form a nice connection with Isaiah Likely, who had a really solid back uh, quarter of the year while Andrews was out. So I got Lamar as my MVP. Uh, I'll make it unanimous. I got Lamar as my MVP as well. He really didn't have a bad game necessarily all season outside of the AFC championship, which really doesn't count, especially towards voting in this 3000 plus passing yards, 24 passing touchdowns, led his team in rushing yards again, uh, five rushing touchdowns. He dominated against the elite teams, the Dolphins, Niners, Lions, and Browns 13 and four controlled the ball in the air on the ground, uh, had maybe his best overall season as a quarterback. Uh, and had the best overall season as a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and there really isn't a debate for that. So I got Lamar as my MVP. All right, moving on to Depoy here. The nominees are Deron Bland, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, and TJ Watt. I do think it is going to be Miles Garrett, uh, but I do think that it should be TJ Watt. He was better in most statistical categories this season. He had a weaker back end of his defense to support him in the secondary all season long. Miles Garrett was benefited by one of the best defenses in the league all season. TJ Watt was dominant, missed a couple games uh, and didn't have as good of a defensive uh, support helping him, but still got to get to 19 sacks on the season. Uh, I think there may be a little bit of voter fatigue here and I think it's going to be Miles Garrett, but I think TJ Watt is the one who's deserving of this deploy. Uh, I personally think TJ is going to win it. I think the committee is going to, kind of valued the sack number and the fact that he got 19 led the league. Like you said, they're going to value that really high, but he was also third in pressures throughout the entire year. And like you said, he missed a game or two. So being third in pressures while missing multiple games, that's definitely a huge, huge tell on how valuable he is to that defense. So he was also missing that. Uh, What was it? I think it was wild card weekend. He missed that game against Buffalo where he most definitely could have had a, a couple impactful plays that could have turned the tide of the game. Not having him probably ruined Pittsburgh chances of really running a Cinderella story to the Super Bowl. But regardless, I think he is going to win it, and I do think he deserves to win it as well. Yeah, I was shocked to see. I think he was like third in some places for, for betting-wise. I think he deserves to win it, and I think he should win it. Um, led the league in 19 sacks, 36 QB hits. Um, every week he is dominant. We saw Miles Garrett have a couple-week stretch. It was like four or five weeks where he didn't register a sack. Um, I think TJ Watt is... Uh, I think he's better than him. I think he had a much, he had a, definitely didn't have a better defense. And I think he made his defense better. We saw the stats on how rough the Steelers defense plays without him. So I think TJ Watt deserves to win it. And I think he will win it. All right. Then moving on along here to offensive player of the year, the nominees are Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson, CD Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott. Uh, we all think Lamar is going to win MVP. So it won't be him. Um, I think it will be, and I think it should be Christian McCaffrey. He's just been a touchdown machine all season. He's dominant in the run game. He's dominant in the pass game. One of the best offensive players maybe we've ever seen. Uh, Tyree kills very close, though. He also had an amazing season, almost got 2,000 yards. And um, Christian McCaffrey overall, though, I think is just a better weapon. I think what he's able to do in both the run game and the pass game just elevates him over Tyree Kill. And like I said, those touchdown numbers are insane. When he goes into every game, like a minus 200 favorite to score a touchdown, uh, that's just some freak shit. And... Uh, I think he should and will win Offensive Player of the Year. 
Uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I got CMC. He had 21 total touchdowns this year. And for the first time in NFL history, he was the first running back to lead the league in rushing. Uh, the cumulative rushing stat every single week from weeks one to now 18, but it was 17. So that is very impressive because you sometimes see someone go for like 150 yards week one. They're sitting at the top after week one, but then as they start getting phased out by the better and better running backs, they start to fall. CMC was number one after week one, number two after week two, number one after week three. I think I misspoke. Number one after week one, number one after week two, number one after week three, so on and so forth, all the way to week 18. It's never been done in history. He's been phenomenal. Over 2,000 scrimmage yards again. When you have a guy dropping three touchdowns in a game, dropping 40 fantasy points in a week, like it's just common for CMC. And we are just – I don't think we're appreciating it enough. He's been phenomenal all year. He's been outstanding since coming to San Francisco, even though it's only been a year and a half. He's just an absolute unit. Said it before, say it again. Top five running back of all time. I think he is just so good. He's my offensive player of the year and pretty damn close to being in my MVP conversation as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's been phenomenal. Whenever he's able to stay healthy, he has one of the best running back seasons we've seen every single time. I also have him winning it, just edging out Tyree Kill and CeeDee Lamb, uh, who had pretty identical seasons overall. Uh, I got CMC. He uh, led the league in scrimmage yards 2023 while having 21 touchdowns as well. He was the focal point in one of the NFL's best offenses, was the best running back. I have him as an MVP candidate. He is, and um, he deserves all for it. Uh, shout out to Jake Marsh for this stat, but um, Christian McCaffrey is the only player in NFL history to finish with the same amount of scrimmage yards as the year he played in with <laughs> mm. 2023 scrimmage yards in 2023. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. But um, offensive rookie of the year, uh, the nominees are Jameer Gibbs of the Lions, Sam Laporta of the Lions, Puka Nakua, B. John Robinson, and C.J. Stroud. Um, I got a decent amount to say about all these guys. I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud who wins it. Uh, I think either C.J. Stroud or Nakua probably should win it. C.J. Stroud takes his team to the playoffs from the bottom of the league, has one of the better rookie quarterback seasons we've seen maybe ever. Uh, Puka Nakua, even though he had an extra game, which boosts his stats, he did break the rookie receiving record. Uh, but selfishly, I do want to see Gibbs or Laporta take the crown. Uh, Gibbs is fantastic all season as a rookie. Laporta, one of the better tight end rookie seasons of all time. Uh, but I do think it's going to be CJ Stroud, and I do think he's deserving as well. All right, so for my offensive rookie of the year, I think Puka will win it, although I think him or CJ Stroud are both deserving of it. They both had phenomenal rookie years. I think the voting committee will see Puka breaking multiple rookie records, kind of hold that a little bit over CJ Stroud. But if it were not just a regular season award, I think I'd say CJ would win it because he wanted his team a playoff game. Like you mentioned, Josh, from one of the bottom dwellers in the league to winning his division and winning a playoff game, which is honestly super impressive by a rookie quarterback. You don't see it very often, and you have to really appreciate it when you see it. But like you said, Gibbs, Laporta, and Bijan, they are all super talented. They all provided a lot of value to their teams this year. Every single one of these guys, if they weren't, in the same class as each other probably could have won this award, but I think Puka will win it, but Puka and CJ, I think they are a little bit ahead of the rest of them and either of them could win it. Yeah. This is one of the best offensive rookie of the years that I can like ever remember. Uh, we have three players who all broke records at their position for rookies, Laporta with tight ends, 
Pukunaku with receivers and CJ Shad was just phenomenal. Um, I think CJ will win this award and I think he deserves it. Uh, he completely turned on this Houston Texans entire franchise, led them to an AFC South championship in his rookie season. Um, was the best rookie quarterback by far, considering Anthony Richardson only was able to play about two and a half games. Uh, led the NFL in yards per game, 273.6 through 25, 23 touchdowns and just five interceptions. He was phenomenal. Uh, but Puka Nakua on any other given season, he would have won it. Um, I, I understand picking him to win it completely, broke the rookie receiving record, had one more game. He was phenomenal. And then Laporta broke the receiving record for t- rookie tight end. So, um, couple of phenomenal rookies. And then Bijan and Jameer Gibbs are just incredibly talented. Zay Flowers isn't even mentioned. Um, a lot of studs. Yep. Uh, moving on here to Defensive Rookie of the Year. The nominees are Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Joe Porter Jr., Kobe Turner, and Devin Witherspoon. Brian Branch was snubbed from this list. But um, I think Tyreek Stevenson. I think it's going to be uh, Jalen Carter who wins it. But I do believe it should be Will Anderson who wins it. Uh, I know Jalen Carter is currently favored. He's been favored for most of the season now. Will Anderson has more sacks, tackles, TFLs, and stuffs than Jalen Carter. I think he's more deserving. Uh, Jalen Carter was on a bigger name team. I think that might be the reason why he wins it. He was kind of he dropped in the draft due to some off field reasons. I think that's probably been taken into account in some people's minds. But I do think Jalen Carter is going to win it. I think Will Anderson is more deserving and should win it though. Completely agree with you. Uh, I have Will Anderson as the most deserving, but I think Jalen Carter does bring home the hardware. Jalen Carter, he just plays on a much more talented defensive line. I mentioned earlier this episode with him playing with Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, who's come along really well since his rookie year, Son Reddick off the edge. He's just facing less double teams. Will Anderson, he was honestly one of the best, uh, probably the best edge rusher on the Texans roster, and they didn't really have any incredible presence up the middle so he was seeing a lot of chips a lot of double teams so i was really impressed with how will anderson handled his rookie year despite all the attention kind of being on cj stroud and how he was performing on the offensive end but the texans 100 made the right move in moving and taking stroud at two and moving back up to three taking will anderson they've got two franchise cornerstones for years to come it's just unfortunate that will anderson won't get the recognition for this award in my opinion yeah i'm with, I'm with both of you guys here i think jalen carter will win it i mean he had a great season um he was uh the Eagles defense overall was a massive disappointment he was one of their lone bright spots uh he didn't play as much he had kind of a lower snap count but he was had six sacks uh which was third on the team but I also I believe Will Anderson deserves to win the award uh everything you guys said really um he led this team in sacks uh he led helped lead this team to an AFC South championship helped completely turn around the culture in Houston um, and I think he deserves to win it. It would be crazy if in back-to-back years, one team swept both of the awards. That would be uh, pretty funny. But this is by far one of the closest awards overall. Yep. Uh, moving on here to Comeback Player of the Year. The nominees are Joe Flacco, DeMar Hamlin, Baker ba- ba- Mayfield. <laughs> crazy. Matt, That's Matt, crazy. Yeah, crazy. That's Matt Sauron and Tua Tungvaluwa. Uh DeMar Hamlin, I do think he's going to win it. Uh, but I do think Baker should win it. I will say though, like I'm not gonna. I know people are gonna go out there and be upset, be like Demar Hamlin doesn't even really play. The one time he did play was a massive fuck up. Uh, he's only gonna get it because he died on the field. But I mean, at the same time, he died on the field and only what was on the IR for like what four games total. 
Yeah, he died and was that. on the IR for four games. There's dudes who have high ankle sprains. Michael Thomas. <laughs> I was about to say, Michael, long. Michael Thomas hasn't played in years, so man. So long, bro. So long. DeMar Hamlin died and was out for four games. So, or probably not even, what was it, week 17? So, like, week 18, they played, like, two playoff games with three games? Yeah. Like... He was back for the preseason. That's what I'm saying. Like he, hey, was, man. <laughs> he, he, like honestly, like if that was midseason, he wouldn't have even gone on the IR. <laughs> so it's, it's wild. Um, I think Demar is going to win it. I think it just makes sense. It's a journalist award. He's going to win it. But what Baker did turning around this Bucks team this year, getting to the playoffs, winning them a playoff game. I know that doesn't mean anything for this award, but uh, Baker's very deserving. Uh, Stafford, whatever. Um, I, I, they made the playoffs. They have a lot of talented players. I know it's not the most talented team overall, but whatever. Tua, same thing. Really, really talented team. I don't know if you can give it to him. And then Flacco would be crazy. Um, the playoffs don't matter, so maybe Flacco still has a chance. But me personally, uh, I think Demar will win it. I think he's had it locked up ever since they brought him back uh, to life. So, but I do think either Baker or Flacco deserves to win it. Uh, Flacco off the couch uh, back half of the year really just came in and threw for 300 yards. I think three or four straight games. He was just, he just played really well. He kind of rejuvenated Amari Cooper's season after playing with bums and then uh, just uh, a felon in Deshaun Watson. So, but Baker, uh, like you mentioned, Josh, he was just written off from the start of the season. Uh, I think we even wrote him off that, the Baker magic was over uh, partway through the year, but he took a team that was going to basically be in the league's basement for probably this year, maybe a couple more years to come. He took advantage of a really uh, sorry division and won it and won a playoff game. That doesn't have any impact on the voters, but Baker definitely is worthy of this award. I think Joe Flacco is as well, but I do think tomorrow will win it. Yeah, I think tomorrow will win it. Um, I'm, I'd be happy to see him win it. He deserves it. What he did just being able to still play is phenomenal, but I do think Baker Mayfield in terms of, while well, he's on the football field, uh, he deserves it. Floating around some teams, uh, Browns gave up on him. Panthers didn't work out for him. He was out there playing practice squad DN for a while. Uh, his Rams was just a little stint at the end of the season. Wasn't phenomenal. Um, comes out this season and just proves all of most of the all of the doubt was wrong. Uh, had maybe his best season as a starting quarterback. Twenty eight touchdowns, ten interceptions, over four thousand passing yards. Led the Buccaneers to a third straight playoff appearance, appearance in NFC South victory. Um, just incredibly impressed with what he did this year, and I hope he is able to continue it. Uh, thinking about this award next season, though, comeback player of the year next season is going to be a dog fight. Yeah, that it, it definitely will be. I will say before we move on that this award is honestly so screwed up. It they should separate it into two awards: the comeback player of the year award, where it's crazy injury or death, apparently that you come back from and play either at a high level or just walk again. I don't know. Or, or and a most improved player. So I think DeMar would win the comeback player of the year, and then Baker should win the most improved, going from someone who's completely written off and then taking your team to the playoffs. I think that's the easiest way to fix this award. For comeback player of the year next season, that award is going to be an absolute um, dogfight. There are so many people coming back from major injuries. Uh you can go on forever. Aaron Rodgers, Trayvon Diggs, Nick Chubb, Joe Burrow, Anthony Richardson, J.K. Dobbins, um, Mike Williams. You could go on and on. Tredavious White. A uh, lot of players coming back next season for comeback player of the year. 
All right, moving on here to assistant coach of the year. Uh, Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin, and Jim Schwartz are the nominees. Uh, I think it's going to be Ben Johnson, and I am, and I hope it is Ben Johnson. I think it should be. He's been one of the best OCs in football for the past few years. Everything he does on offense, scheme wise, uh, is just phenomenal. He always draws up something that you don't expect coming. He had that crazy uh throw to Taylor Decker that was called back for no reason uh in week 17. Uh he's been phenomenal. I'm happy he's gonna be a lion for the foreseeable future. Uh and I hope he takes on the hardware here. Yeah, I think Ben Johnson's gonna win this one as well. Uh, I don't think it's particularly close. He's done a lot uh with this Lions team and the loyalty is there. Jared Goff, I don't think very much of him, but he's really flourished into this uh Ben Johnson system. He's using all the players in the right ways. He's letting Amon Ra just feast from the slot. I He's going to be an assistant coach of the year candidate for years to come, especially if he stays in Detroit. And I'm just beyond impressed with what he's done with this Detroit Lions offense. Yeah, I think it's going to be Ben Johnson as well. I think with the season the Lions had, they're going to have to be uh, respected by awards in some position. I think it's going to be Ben Johnson. But I think Bobby Slowick definitely deserves this award what he was able to do with this Houston Texans team overall uh, rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud, they don't have the greatest weapons. Nico Collins has emerged as a very good receiver. Uh, he was able to make Devin Singletary look good. Their offensive line wasn't great, but they were able to work around it. And the offense was phenomenal. Won the AFC South. Um, and he just did a phenomenal job overall. I am completely shocked that he did not get a coaching job, but uh, I think Bobby Slowick deserves this position. All right, then. Uh, moving on to our final award here, Coach of the Year. The nominees are Motor City, Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, Demico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, and Kevin Stefanski. I think Stefanski's going to win it. He is the favorite right now. He did a phenomenal job this season working with four quarterbacks, still getting his team to the playoffs. And they didn't perform well in the playoffs, but this is not a playoff award. It's a regular season award. But I do think it should be Dan Campbell. I mean, he got snubbed last year with Dable winning it. He should have won it last year. Uh, so I think they should make it up to him and give it to him this year. Um, he took this Lions team to a division title, first division title in 30 years. They should have had the one seed in the playoffs had it not been for some bullshit on Brad Allen. I can go back to mentioning that now that they're out of the playoffs. Um, so I got that to mention for the next however long I want to. But overall, he's done a phenomenal job just completely changing the culture of this Lions team, him with Brad Holmes and Sheila Fordham. I've done a fantastic job. I think he's deserving to win it at some point, and if not now, then win. Yeah, I mean, I think Stefanski's going to win it, and I think he deserves to win it. He was rocking with four starting quarterbacks this year, and he lost his star running back, who's pretty much a top three guy at his position on a consistent basis. He lost him in week two, yet he still put up a phenomenal year in the regular season. I'm beyond impressed with what he's done, and I feel like I've been saying impressed a lot, especially with these awards, but – it's just what it is. Uh, so Stefanski's my coach of the year. Muted. I really think the award is just between D'Amico Ryans and uh, Kyle Stefanski. Um, considering this is just a regular season award, um, I think Stefanski's going to win it. If uh, if it included the playoffs, I think obviously D'Amico Ryans would win it considering they uh, absolutely dominated in that playoff game. But Stefanski was able to lead the Browns to an 11-5 and record uh, the five seed, a wild card appearance in a very competitive division, one of the most competitive divisions of all time. Every team finished above 500. And he did that despite losing uh, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, uh, your backfield. Um, 
and the Browns are the first team in NFL history to win 10 plus games with four different starting quarterbacks. So he did a phenomenal job and I expect him to win this award again. My biggest gripe with coach of the year this year is the fact that um, Shane Steichen was just not included in the finalists. I, I get he didn't make the playoffs. He would have been the only player on the list to not make the playoffs, but uh, he took a team that had a nine and eight record lost their starting quarterback early in the season and was able to lead them to a nine and eight record after having a terrible record last season, a top three pick, a top four pick, but he did a phenomenal job and he 100% deserved to be a finalist over uh, Kyle Shanahan or John Harbaugh, who they were the one seed, but they have been there for years already. So in my opinion, he deserved to be in there for one of them. Yep. I agree. Uh, But that will about do it for this episode of the engage eight podcast. Uh, We will be back next week to give you some Super Bowl storylines as there will be some I'm assuming going into this game as well as previewing the big game giving you some possible betting picks for the game some props maybe some who's going to win the MVP of the Super Bowl who's going to win the game in general uh, until then don't forget to hit all the links in our description for our Spotify and our social medias follow us all on there uh, our TikTok is down there as well until next time we'll see everybody in the next one